question here with Love Life and Disability. Hi everyone, it's Kay here on the Love Life and Disability. I hope you have all been keeping extremely well. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different to the video one, although I will be covering pretty much some of the same updates, but it is a little bit different, so do persevere. So obviously over the past few weeks, some of these podcasts have been having different people come on talking about life with disabilities, whether or not that's in the media industry or those living with a disability themselves. So if you do want to come on the show at any point, you know, do drop me an email, contact me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram or by email. And, you know, it'll be good to get you on because it's so important that, you know, we get that message across there about different disabilities and how best to support people with disabilities and raise awareness so that other people know. And, you know, it's breaking down those stigmas and breaking down those barriers and showcasing all these amazing things that we can actually do. And I think it's really important. So if you do want to be on the show, like I say, do give me a contact and we'll get you on. I'd love to talk to you and hear your story. And I do believe that everybody has a story to share. So yeah, I'd be completely honoured. So over the past few weeks, I've, yeah, health-wise, it's been a little bit up and down. So I had some um, tumours grow. Well, the I've got to say tumours at this point because obviously it's the reason why I went to the hospital. So I had um, some lumps, I should say, um, underneath my boob and growing within my armpit as well. So obviously being a woman and doing my regular checks, I ran my GP and they just basically said, we're going to need to get you in to assess. So the doctor had a little look and we both sat there and we spoke about it and we thought, do you know what, it could be just neurofibromatosis. Um, but, you know, I give my GP credit. They're not the kind which will just go, it's NF, see you later. They'll actually, you know, do the checks. So they sent me to the Nightingale over at Wimshaw Hospital. And obviously you have to go on your own. So I went on my own and had some checks. And it turns out that I've got several cysts. And he was quite surprised at how many I actually had um, growing within the boob and around that area and into my armpit as well. So I've got a lot of cysts, but I've got to take piece that obviously it's not anything sinister it's not anything dangerous so I've been discharged as it stands at the moment although they're possibly talking about doing the monograms I think they're called um several years earlier due to my history of um cancer within the family on various sides so they're currently checking the paperwork and we'll be in touch whether or not I need to go for further tests but as it stands my left boob and armpit they're good so that was good um, yeah, what else? Um, I've got to see my new fibromatosis specialist for my tumours in general. So I've got a follow-up appointment with him this week. And that's where we're going to talk about possibly my next operation and whenever that may be, obviously due to COVID. Over the past year or two now it would have been, I've had a lot of tumours grow, especially around my neck and around the back part. I've even got one in my bum, so it does hurt to sit down at points. I think that's why I'm always active. So yeah, I've got one in my bum, I've got one on the back of my neck. Well, I say one, it's quite a few, it's a cluster. And yeah, various other parts of the body. So there's possibly talk about having those removed, whether or not that will happen before I have my IVF treatment or after. And obviously if it's after, that could well mean I'm after little and is born. So it might depend how long I can cope or possibly even how long is it going to be before I start my IVF, which brings me quite nicely onto my IVF journey. I'm still stressed out with the sperm side of things. I've 
I did find a donor, as we all know, and was so, so excited. And then, unfortunately, that donor fell through due to the neurofibromatosis checks, and we weren't able to um, do that. So I've been back and talking to um, this particular bank, back and forth, back and forth, and we're talking probably about 50 emails over the course of several weeks. Um, and, yeah, the prices just kept going up and up and up. And what started out as a £2,000, £2,500 treatment, we're looking at 5000 um, with this specific bank because they were saying, oh, you've got to pay for a pregnancy slot, that's £500. Then it's, oh, you've got to pay just short £300 to store. Then it's £300 for delivery. Then it's, oh, don't forget, you've got to put that on. So that's 25% because you, you need to. Oh, if you need a refund, you won't get your VAT back. Oh, by the way, then you've got your import duty of 20%. So before you know it, it was just bonkers money. And obviously, I know I need to pay it if I want to go through with it. However, I know there are two other clinics that I can have the charity up, so I'm allowed free. So I contacted two of the ones in the UK. One of them can't do PGT treatment because they won't do the tests on the bloods or send it to my lab in Leeds, which is fair enough, which leaves me with another lab. They're willing to help and do the checks for me. They can't send the blood to Leeds, but if Leeds are happy for them to conduct the blood test, then they'll do that test on my behalf. At the moment, they've they have reserved me a pregnancy slot with a guy in Denmark but obviously with Covid they need to get his blood and they also then need him to come in to do a blood test and then obviously Denmark to do the um, testing for the genetic disability and send over the results. Obviously that's proven a bit difficult because he's in Denmark it's not that easy. We're all on different lockdown rules um, so yeah there's there's no other donors. Um, well not really um, there was one he was Welsh but he's moved to America and they need his blood so it's getting hold of him to go to a lab in, in America, get get that done, yada, yada, yada. So he fell through. Um, I spoke to the lovely lady last week and she basically said to me, we're due another six donors to come onto the file shortly in that they're brand new donors and, yeah, maybe one of those. Um, obviously, she's not gone through all the detail yet as to whether they are a CMV negative or a CMV positive donor. Obviously, I'm a CMV negative, so I have to have CMV negative. So if she's got six, obviously, that's 50-50%. You know, let's say I might get a choice of three. And, yeah, just go go along with it. Um, pick one. Like I say to everybody, I'm not really that fussy. All I'm asking for is CMV negative donor... Um, lives in the UK, ideally, or at least have some sort of British connection. I'm happy for for the donor to be Danish. I'm happy for the donor to be German, English, Welsh, Scotland, Irish. Those are the kind of areas that I've gone for previously, or like Australian or America, um, white Caucasian. I've ideally said I'd rather the donor to be younger than me because... A, then you know he's going to work a little bit better. And B, when my kid's 18, he's not going to be like 70 because there were some donors where they were like 40. So obviously if my kid's 18, he's going to be like 58 like plus. So yeah, I, I've said ideally I want the donor to be younger than 35. I'm only 30, but younger than 35 is good for me. And hair-wise, I wasn't too bothered, although I do love people with ginger hair. I've got a goddaughter with ginger hair. Um, and like red hair and stuff but 
I've said no to that only because I have blonde hair naturally and it's now gone brown, is I'd like my child to kind of fit in with me or probably my history of men in which I've dated. I've never gone out of anyone with red hair or ginger or strawberry blonde. So I kind of need to think ahead in looking at my previous types and people and also myself. So then it kind of fits in. So yeah, I could not really bothered if I did pick blue because I'm blue. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't really say I'm fussy. I just want a baby at the end of the day. So, you know, beggars can't be cheesers, right? Um, See, so yeah, I'm waiting on these six donors now to come forward and then we'll take it from there. We'll see what, what they're like and hopefully I can start to get sperm. Obviously, once I've picked and they've given the go-ahead that that donor's more than happy for a test, that will take eight weeks. Once those results have come back, providing they're okay, I then get referred to London and that will take six months, I believe, for the appointment. I don't know if they've already referred me to get me on the list, um, but I'm in the mindset that they haven't, so therefore that will take six months. Then I don't know if that's for the embryo transfer or like embryo retrieval, but either way, yeah, it's going to be like six months. So it's it's blessing in a way because it means I can save and I can save as much money as possible now because everything's been delayed like another four months. So, you know, you've got you've got to take the positives out of the negatives and really assess, you know, what's in my control, what's not in my control and don't really think about those things which aren't in your control. You know, it might be stressful, but if I'm going to get stressed, it's just going to make me worse and it's going to make me unhealthy. So it's important that I don't do that. I've been extremely busy with my day job. I've got an awesome project that's, it's incredible, and it's going to be released in May. So during a specific week, I shall release it um, as part of this podcast. Well, the next one, obviously, when I do it in May. And I will put some links into the amazing project that I'm doing because it'll all go live in May. And I'm really, really, because it's linked to disability, I'm really honoured to be sharing that and really excited to be making it and being like one of the creators of it, coming up with the idea to, to get this done. So I'm really excited to showcase this, this amazing piece. I haven't been going to choir. I've disengaged quite a bit with choir, to be honest. I'm really finding it difficult to do singing at home, to just look at a computer and watch Dan play a piano and me sing. It's really not working for me. It just feels like karaoke, but without the lyrics. So as much as I love them and I love my friends, it's not working for me, so I haven't been going. Although I have started to go to an art class, which is on a Tuesday night. And that's um, basically, it feels like mindfulness art. And yeah, it's like you just do different things. And, you know, I ain't going to be creating a Bansky piece or whatever at the end of it, it's not going to teach me to be an artist, but what it's doing is teach me to be mindful through art. And I do actually um, speak to um, Refund Manchester um, in a few weeks, and you'll be hearing them on the podcast as well, where we talk about it. And yeah, I think it's really important. It's looking at these different things that we can all be doing to help our mental health and wellbeing at the moment. And I'm really enjoying the art one. I won't be able to go to all the sessions um, just due to other commitments and stuff and obviously recording the podcasts. I need to be mindful of my own time as well. But that's the great thing. Each week is something different. Each week could offer you something completely different 
it may work for you this week, but the next week what we're going to cover may not, and you may be really bored. But it's important to try different things, and that's what I'm doing. I've recently had a housemate moving, so that's going pretty cool. I'm really getting on with him. He's, he's really nice, and yeah, um, I'm happy to have a housemate. I think it's great. It's good to talk to somebody, you know, play someone on the Mega Drive and take turns or maybe have tea together. You know, I, other than my parents, when obviously because they're my carers, you know, I've not really had meals with anyone, you know, for like, for like a year. Like, I go around, like, I think the last sit-down meal I had with anyone was probably Christmas Day with my parents, like, obviously prior to my new housemate. In terms of dating, it's... <laughs> I've been doing the fast love speed dating and you'll get to hear from Ajaz um, on one of the upcoming podcasts. So he's the owner of um, fast love speed dating. It's usually in person, but it's now all online. So we're going to like Zoom breakout rooms. You know, I've spoke about this before and how it's been. And I think I was scared for life after doing one with Liverpool. So me and me, next door neighbour, we did it together. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure they're really nice guys, but Jesus Christ, like... <laughs> I don't know really what words to use, but yeah, they were just not on my page. Um, just just nothing in common. Like they were a lot older than me, which is fine, but yeah, I think they would have been suited more to a mature lady. And I'd like to think I'm quite mature myself, but no, they didn't work for me. I still think the Chester Bunch was my favourite. Like, I really liked a particular lad called R. Um, he lived in Wales. But obviously, due to this blinking virus, you know, we can't meet up, we can't do anything, we can't see each other. So it's blooming pointless talking. I don't want a pen pal, I'm blooming 30. I know we're all going through this, but, you know, at least if they lived in Manchester, you know, I could blooming do my shopping in Lidl or somewhere and they're doing their shopping, you know, it's a little bit easier. We're not when we're in different countries. So that's kind of been parked. We email now and then, um, and like I say, it's more like pen pal at the moment. And we have said, once we can meet, we will meet and take it from there. Although, you know, AJ ain't a problem. He's like 40 and the only problem is his location. And, you know, I'm not going to move. He probably won't move and it'd be unrealistic for me to ask somebody to move. So that is kind of parked. I've been speaking to other people. I met a lovely lad on the Manchester one and I only matched him as a friend and he's reached out. Um, we're chatting as friends and we get on. He's trying to get into the media. So obviously I work in the media, so I'm trying to help him out, give him opportunities, um, sending him job adverts and really assisting him where I can just as a friend. I don't see that going any further. I also did um, speed dating again this week. I went on the Manchester one. Unfortunately, several of them were already on the Manchester one that I did last time. So that was a bit awkward, especially when I hadn't given them a number. But I think it was more awkward that the fact they couldn't remember the match with me last time and that they'd actually give me their number. Um, so, yeah, that was interesting. Um, it's like, where do you go from there? And I was just up front from the off, like, yeah, we've already met and I remember everything about you. So, yeah, can we just skip the those kind of chats you know let's just have a general chit chat and I just basically said at the end that you know I think it's best that we're friends own each other and that I wouldn't be giving my number out um yeah the Manchester one last night <sighs> no again there was a nice lad 
he had he had two children, um, aged four and ten, which is pretty cool. But it just just wasn't just wasn't me. Um wasn't physically attracted to him. He seemed nice. Um but just nothing there. He was very difficult to talk to, but I get these environments can be different for everyone and everyone reacts differently. Another one I felt like I was on a job interview. Once he warmed up and we got out of the where do you live, what do you do, how many brothers and sisters, and you got through the generic and we could have a chat. He seemed okay. But again, just not just not attracted. Um, maybe I'm being too fussy, I'm not too sure, but do you know what? I don't want to settle for second best. And, you know, I've got to reassess everything because I am happy on my own. I love being single. It's incredible. Like, I'm a flirt. You know, I ain't going to lie, I flirt. Um, I call everyone sweet and darling and stuff like that, and I'm very, very friendly. So, do you know what? That would probably have to stop if I got a partner, and right now I'm happy. I'm loving doing my podcasting, I'm loving doing my videography, I'm loving doing my blogging. I'm on an exciting journey, you know, I want to be a parent. And I need buy-in from somebody that I meet, you know, they need to join me on the journey, not affect my journey. I don't want a stressful relationship. I don't want someone getting in the way or trying to talk me out of it. I'll be like, babe, let's do it together and go traditional or and all that. I don't I don't want that. And I do feel that that could happen if I was sent through a relationship. So I do think it's best maybe that parking a love life might might be the better thing. And if something does happen, it's going to come back naturally. It'll maybe, I don't know, my local guy in Tesco or Lidl or someone that you do get to see on a regular basis. Could even be like a friend of a friend. Who knows? You know, I'm pretty confident once lockdown ends anyway. Do You know, everyone's back out there. Everyone's going to be wanting to find somebody. But at the same time, everyone will be in that same situation with anxiety as well and getting close to people and bubbles or whatever else. So, you know, I'm optimistic more for June, July maybe to get back out there. But as I say, I'm pretty much happy being single. Then I can concentrate on my IVF and having a little mini me. In addition, you know, I've been speaking to Mr A. I'm not as much as I used to, but obviously there's Mr A Manchester and Mr A London. Mr. A. London is always phoning me, checking how I am, wanting to talk. And he's lovely, but again, you know, if he was in Manchester, I would definitely ask him out. But, you know, he lives in London, I'll leave him there. Manchester, I've not really spoke a great deal to him. We are still in contact and checking with each other, but that's kind of like just fizzling out now as a friendship. I think it's, again, it's because of lockdown, you know, and we can't see each other. It's difficult to sustain a friendship whereby you've only really met each other a few times. So we're kind of leaving that as is at the moment. Um, I'll probably reach out to him in the week, see how he's doing. But it's important for me that, you know, you guys are keeping well and that you look at some of these other podcasts that I've been doing. You know, I'm trying to spice things up a little bit and, like I say, tell stories of other people. We've got some really exciting guests coming up. So, yeah, do, do keep tuned. Um, I know quite a lot of the ones that are audio-based, are also visual-based as well over on YouTube. So if you want to see us both talking, you know, that's where you would head over to YouTube. But alternatively, you know, you can listen to it in the podcast format if that is also your preference. So you've got the both offerings there. That's when I'm talking to other people. If it's just me, then like this, it will be just the podcast, but the video will be always different if it's just about me and my journey. So, yeah, they are different offerings. Sometimes I might be covering the same thing. Other times I may not. 
So yeah, check them out. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Get it shared with people. That's um, I'm down as Kirsty's story on that. So that's youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Kirsty's story. Or you can actually search love, life and disability because that's what I've kind of called the page. So hopefully it will appear. If you want to follow me on Twitter, that's love, life, disability. Um, actually, no, it's not. It's love, life, ability. Um, Instagram and Facebook are love, life, disability. And yeah, I just get in touch. It's it's so cool to hear from people, and it's great that I'm, so many people are reaching out to tell their story on living with disabilities, and it's so important to share those um, because everyone's different. But you keep looking after yourself, keep being safe and being awesome beings, and I'll catch up with you all very, very soon. Thank you so much.